You're listening to Siren Radio, and it's that interesting time of the week. Uh, I have to tell you, it's 10 minutes to four in the United Kingdom on Thursday the 9th. Now, you've been missing your Thursdays. I've been missing my Thursdays. But the man we're going to talk to now, I think, has been missing them even more because he's had to undergo pain and agony and grief. But he's come out the other side, as we knew he would be. Ladies and gentlemen, let's open the doors, press the buttons and say a very warm welcome for a new season of American Cousins to Bruce K. Rosenblum. Are you there? I certainly am, Andrew. Um, welcome back. I, I understand that uh, you're well rested. Um, <laughs> you, you guys uh, across the pond know how to do it right with your holidays. Well, yeah, we had to have a break and we managed to find yeah. a bit of sun. Actually, we've got a bit of sun here in the United Kingdom. Had Mr. Ketley on this week and he was talking about the sunshine. We had 29, which is, uh, you know, late 80s in Fahrenheit for you. It's breaking down a bit. Thunderstorms coming, but apparently we're going to have some more warm weather. So it's slightly Californian here. You've got lots to talk about, but everybody's screaming at me. Don't let him go into politics. Don't let him go into the Dodgers. What's his knee like? Because I've written down the new season, the new man. Bruce is not taking the knee. He's got a new thing. How did it all go? Well, we, we did the surgery on August 17th. Um, it went uh, about as smooth as it could go, as perfect as it could go. Uh, I've already, uh, you know, I'm about a month out now out, out of, uh, Tuesday will be a month from surgery. Uh, today, my, my last little Band-Aid comes off my probably uh, eight to 10 inch uh, scar that I have, which was all done robotically, by the way. Um, I saw an x-ray of my knee, all the pieces are in place. Mm. I now have to report when I go through the airport or whatever that I do have metal in my body. Um, because some of the parts have are, are metal and some are plastic. And the plastic parts were made on a 3D printer. And the whole process was just unbelievable, Andrew. And I'm reading the report on how it was you know, on what on what they actually did to me. I'm so glad I wasn't awake for it, because yeah. it would not have been it would not have been pretty. And um, but I, I came to it, I was up and walking that night. I don't have any pain when I stand up and walk. Um, it's just all the surrounding stuff. It's the, the range of motion, which isn't quite there yet. It's still swelling. But all the black and blueness and all the, the pain from where they hammered and chipped away and drilled mm. and all that stuff um, is all seems to be dissipating. I'm actually, I actually drove yesterday. I drove myself to physical therapy. I'm feeling, I'm feeling overall pretty good. I mean, I still have, you know, bouts of pain at night keeping me up. And, um, but I do have all sorts of um, antibiotics and things to, to help me get through, but I've been trying to wean myself off of all of that, but, um, but it's a, it's a grind, I have to tell you. And it's, um, and, and it, when you hear that, it's so easy and it's all robotic and it's so you know, great. You know, but you know what? Uh, yes, that's true. The, the actual procedures are, are quite easy and technology has made it unbelievably accurate good but it's still a year-long process to recover from i have numbness um on the left side of my on the left side of my scar i still have all my feeling but on the right side because they cut through nerves i don't my my knee is numb Ooh. that's going to take about a year to, to heal and come back um I, I do have you know swelling at the end of the day and when i get up in the morning and so i'm on a lot of ibuprofen and aspirin and not aspirin but tylenol and things like that but and to keep the, the pain level under, you know, manage, manage the pain level. I guess. Very good. But I have to say, I have to say, I have I had a great doctor and um, 
And you know, uh, my my beautiful wife did did something for me, and I don't know if this was good or bad. But you know, I'm walking with a cane now, just to make. Oh, very nice. But not just any cane. I have a baseball bat cane. Oh no. And and my baseball bat cane gets more attention than I do. It's really kind of just, <laughs> when, I, when I was in, I was in when I went back from my post op. Um, this doctor does a lot of sports figures, and there were three gentlemen that uh, when I was coming out of the X-ray room, there were three very large gentlemen walking down the hallway. When I say large, I'm talking probably in the 300 pound, six foot six, six foot seven range. Mm. <clears throat> and I was like, well, I felt like I was walking through a forest. They had to be professional, either football or basketball or some kind of you know, professional athlete. I mean, you, just, you, know, you don't have those guys that big, just, you know, <laughs> you just don't run into them every day of the week <laughs> right on the street. And I, they stopped and I stopped and I looked at them. And I was you know, kind of looking up and the guys looked down at me and the guy looks at my knee and he says, hey, where'd you get the cane? <laughs> I said, really? You want to know about that? You don't want to know about my knee? No. One the, oh, very no, we good. don't really care. We don't care. We do, where'd you find that cool cane? Uh, I want to get one. Oh, go Jackie. wants one. So, but, so she did. It was great. So it's, oh, it's, it's fantastic. But it's no. great. You know, I'm feeling, feeling good and, and really glad to be back. And, uh, uh, and we're, we're so glad to have you back as well. Um, I want to wish you a very happy Jewish New Year, which uh, the, the, the two or three days is 6th to the 8th, I think, of September this year. And we're going to talk about something your rabbi's done. But let's backtrack, first of all, because one of the biggest stories since we were last on air is the withdrawal from Afghanistan, which was a bit chaotic. And uh, President Joe Biden really has found it um, well, quite a challenge, hasn't he? He's he's been uh, criticised left, right, and centre. But in many ways, you know, he was inheriting a legacy from two or three presidents ago, wasn't he? Right. And don't forget that Donald Trump and Mike Pompeo they had meetings with the Taliban. They were going to invite them to Camp David, you know, and and, and become their friends. And um, you, you can't you can't lose sight of what what took place in the prior administration. But with that being said, yes, it's been a 20-year kind of um, a mess. I mean, they, they did set out to accomplish one goal when they went into it, and that was to get Osama bin Laden. And they did. And at that point, once they got him, they probably should have figured out a way to end this thing. But, you know, ending conflicts like that is, is never easy. And nobody really wants to touch it because it can be a political nightmare and it can be, you know, a, a politically... Um, it could end your end your career politically, right? Because there's because there's no good way to do it. No, there's always gonna there's always gonna be people out there that are second guessing you, and there's always gonna be people out there using it for their for their political their own political gain. And that's exactly what you know what's been going on. <clears throat> He's been Biden's been second guessed as to why if he knew we were gonna get out on that certain date, why things weren't you know put in motion earlier, why aren't we more organized? Now. Um, and those are legitimate questions, but at the end of the day, what we saw at the airport is what we were going to see at the airport, regardless of when it started or, or, or what or what you know, or, you know, or what or, or what would have been an earlier maybe exit date or whatever. What we saw was was what was going to happen. There's just no no two ways about it because you're dealing with you're dealing with this this regime that um, is just not going to make things easy on you. And, you know, it's been tough. It's been tough. You know, Biden, you know, Biden made some promises and, you know, um, some of those promises have been very hard to keep. 
and he's been he's been getting chastised for it. But you know, I think that you know, as he said, there you know there was no there was no good way to do this. And I think at the end of the day, the fact of the matter is we got a lot of people out of there. We got a tremendous amount of people out of there. And from what I'm I'm hearing now and reading now, that um, the remainder are coming out, and we're getting some cooperation with this new government to help help you know uh, get some of these people out on flights um, out of Kabul. So, you know, hopefully, you know, that we'll we'll get we'll get whoever else needs to be, get out of there and and be able to move forward. And, and hopefully, this this new Taliban regime will be one that you know hopefully will be different than, than the previous one where they could be worked with uh, when it comes to human rights and, and how women are treated. Although we're, we're not really seeing that so much yet. And they haven't really, their actions haven't suggested that we'll see that anytime soon, but you know, you, all, you have to put hope out there that, you know, maybe something will change this time around, but absolutely, it's a bad situation. It's a, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, and, and regardless of who the president was, and I believe Joe Biden when I say when he says, you know, he just didn't want to have to have whoever the next president is, whether we're Republican or Democrat, have because they would have had to deal with the same the same thing. Somebody had or they, might not have, or they might not have taken any action at all. So, and I think the polls are showing that about eighty percent of Americans are happy that we're out of there, that mm. this thing has ended. And I believe military families feel the same way. Mm. Um, but you know, the the biggest biggest um pr cleanup that needs to be done is the fact is that most people just don't. let's move on let's change let's let's change subject uh, because the other big thing which is still rumbling around it was never going to disappear in four weeks we were off air uh, is covid in the united kingdom our infection rates are are high 38 39000 the daily death total is about 190. It was uh, on Wednesday this week. It's not going away. We've gone back to school. Uh, we're going back to college. And the universities will be going back in next two or three weeks. There are a lot of mass gatherings going on. Um, what's the situation like in the United States? Well, we are we are feeling increase in cases, and mainly of the unvaccinated and and the question becomes, you know, why are these people still unvaccinated? And, and a lot of it has to do with misinformation uh, about the vaccines and the politic politicization of vaccines. For a lot of people, it's still political. And it's a shame because, yes, we're feeling, we're seeing a surge in cases. We're now seeing a surge. This Delta variant is, is, is primarily what people are getting hit with now. And then there's another variant coming behind that. There's a Colombian variant, apparently. And it's bad, it's bad stuff. And as a matter of fact, Joe Biden is expected today to unveil a new plan that's gonna push for vaccine mandates and testing programs as part of a revamped approach to end the pandemic. And they've got a, a six pronged plan, which he will lay out for keeping schools open, increasing testing, requiring masks, economic recovery, and improving care for those with, with, those with COVID. And, um, but, Right now, what we're seeing is an increase in cases of children, and those are the only you know children who have not been vaccinated. And there's thousands of children now being admitted into hospitals, and it's heartbreaking to see these kids coming down with COVID now. And it's and it's a big concern. I mean, my daughter-in-law is a third-grade teacher at an elementary school up here, and first day of school, they you know they did started all this testing, and she had two kids in her class had it, and they had to shut them down. Went back to Zoom testing for a couple of weeks, and now. 
now they're now they're back and in, in doing in person. But you know, my grandkids are in school. My daughter-in-law is a teacher, and it's um, it's a real concern. Mm. And it's a concern now when when they come over to visit or have dinner with us that you know they're not letting they're not they don't feel comfortable eating inside the house. They want to we have to wear masks and we have to stay out in the backyard. And that was not the case a month or so ago. So it's it's not, it's, 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 it's it's a terrible situation, and um, you know, it's unfortunate because it's you know, people are seeing it as an invasion of their individual rights and their constitutional rights, and it's fortunate that it's gotten so twisted that people and politicized yeah. yeah let's also look at something have i got this row wade thing in my mind um dev could you give us some background to it um, and it's about abortion isn't it and one of the states has voted to overthrow the row wade agreement well no they, they it's not that they're overthrowing row wade it's um which is very complicated and i don't know that i could i'm even the right okay. person to explain it <laughs> But what they've done in Texas is they've made it, they've almost made it criminal for a woman to get an abortion at any, at any point in time. Um, even if they're, even if the person, the woman's been raped and does not want the child, I mean, they could be, they can be punished and they can be fined up to you know, $10,000 if they seek an abortion. And the governor's response was, well, you know, we're going to do a better job to make sure there's no rapists out there. So the rape issue won't be an excuse anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I don't know how you I don't know how you get into someone's head, determine if they're a rapist or not and then take them off the street. But, well, you know, if you can figure out that formula, let me know and, and we'll bottle it and make millions of dollars off well, of it. Thank, thanks for sorting. It's, 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 it's a fall, it's a fallacy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so that so that so the restrictive. But the, the Justice Department has filed suit against the state of Texas uh, in, in that lawsuit. So even though it did was signed into law and took effect, there's going to be lawsuits that are going to challenge it. So we'll see. And hopefully that the Justice Department will win because it is, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I don't really like to get into the whole abortion thing because um, again, it's, it's, it's one of the, it's a no win. It's kind of a no win issue. It's, it's, it's people's personal feelings. It's religious feelings. Uh, it's again, it's another issue that's been politicized and, um, and it's, it continues to be challenged all the time. And, you know, most women, if you talk to most women, they just want to be able to control their body. It's, it's a woman's choice. And I, I have to say, you know, a woman, you can't, as a man, you can't understand what a woman goes through or how a woman feels about this. And if, if, if the women feel strongly that, should be a decision that they that is made between they and their doctor. I respect that. If someone doesn't want to have an abortion because of religious feelings, I, I respect that too. I, it's 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 one of those situations, Andrew. It's 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 heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, yeah. and it's 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 some it's it's one of these things that you know, how many more years are we going to debate this? It's, you know, it's, it's it's and there's no and it's like that. It's like ending a war. There's no good outcome either way. You know. So strongly on both sides. Thanks ever so much for, for clearing that up because I, I think I slightly misheard what I was listening to. We're going to talk um, about. But wait, but wait, there's one, one caveat to that. One caveat. Um, because the, te- the state of Texas has been so hard on the border and so hard on Mexico <laughs> that um, Mexico Supreme Court. Um, found it unconstitutional to punish women for having an abortion. So 
it kind of gave a big, um, you know, uh, I don't know how do how do I put this? It's a they gave a, it's a big slap in the face to Texas yeah. what Mexico did. So basically, it's like if you, if you can't get your abortion in Texas, come across the border and you won't have you won't have any issues. Now, so that's, that's, that's kind of what, what, what Mexico kind of the message that Mexico sent to Texas. That's it. That's a great caveat. Uh, we'll talk about the climate in a minute. But the other big story that was bumbling around uh, was this thing that you're having this Californian recall. Governor Newsom um, is being challenged. Where's that got to? Because I understand that there are some candidates in there who are stirring things up uh, good and proper. Yeah, it's uh, it's coming down to the wire. The election is September 14th. Um, the polls are starting to show that Newsom is pulling away and that people are, are, are feeling, you know, that they want to vote against this recall. The, the lineup of people on the Republican side running against him think that they can do a better job is, is ridiculous. You've got Caitlyn Jenner, the Kardashian, you know, the former Bruce Jenner who became, came out as a transgender and became Caitlyn Jenner is running. And it's 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 just all about just you know getting on getting airtime for her because she has no clue, and it's just it's, it's she's like unpresentable looking. It's just it's, it's it's kind of a horrific look that she has, and it's kind of kind of clownish in a way when, when she puts on uh, a hard hat or a, a, a lab coat and, and tries to look like she cares about what's happening in industry and, and different areas of. Of business in the state of California, it's a joke. And then you've got the former governor, the former mayor of San Diego, thinks he can do a better job. You got the guy that lost to do some John Cox, businessman from from the San Diego area, also was using a grizzly bear as his um, symbol, and <clears throat> and that he's you know and and he um, he has a, a tagline at the end of his you know uh, commercials that say well you know. He says, you think, he says, I know, I know I can do a better job than Newsom. There's a bear blank in the woods. <laughs> and, you know, and that's, that's his tagline. And then you've got the front runner, which is a Republican conservative right wing radio host, Larry Elder, who's African-American. This guy is pretty much, you know, data has shown is that he's like pretty much despised in the, uh, the black community. But, uh, it, but he's he is taking play. He, he's been a, a Trump supporter, and um, he's taking plays out of the Trump Trump playbook. And you know he's out there, you know, telling reporters he believes there might be shenanigans in the recall election. He's trying to you know cast doubt in the in the in the voting process now. And anything and everything he can blame Governor Newsom for, he does. You know, gas prices, taxes, you know, it's not, if it's not one thing, it's another. And in all fairness, you know, the problem is in California that, you know, blames the wildfires on Newsom. I mean, there are things that are out of Newsom's control. I mean, you can't blame him for everything that's wrong in the state, but that's what these people are doing. And, and, they're, and they're running spots every two seconds to lead you to believe that he's incompetent, he's made it, he's screwed up the state. But California was probably the state that was in the greatest shape of all before this pandemic hit. And Newsom, I think, has done a good job protecting kids, protecting people, uh, getting, making sure vaccines are available, keeping the, the distribution of the vaccines um, uh, on a level where people can have easy access to, to testing and to getting the vaccine. You know, did he, did he make some mistakes along the way? Yeah, he did. He was, you know, he was seen maskless in a place after he talked 
talked about a mask mandate, you know, but, but you know, these, nobody's, none of these politicians are perfect, you know, and, and, you know, I can, I can forgive, you know, I can forgive a, an honest mistake. Yeah. But every little thing that's going wrong in the state, they're attaching to his name and, and it's, it's just a, it's, it's, it's more about our, it's a Republican funded power grab is what this is. Republicans have an agenda to take over state houses across America and push their, their restrictive voting rights laws through legislatures and their, and their abortion, their abortion laws through, through, um, through legislatures. And, and we've seen that happening. I mean, we've talked about this for a number of months in Georgia, Florida, Texas, and you know, all these, all these red states were, you know, they've bought into this whole Trump uh, voting fraud thing, which, which, by the way, and all those lawsuits that were brought against um, states Never by gone. Trump, they're all thrown out. So there is no voting fraud. We've been in, we've, we've elected presidents for over 200 years in this country and never has anybody questioned the integrity of our elections. So now, now it's a, you know, it's just become commonplace and it's almost like the boy who cried wolf. You know, it's like enough of this already. There's well, people got- out there that, there's a lot of people that do have integrity, that do take elections seriously and do a great job on both sides, on both parties. Well, it's interesting because that's going to feed in a moment into what it is your rabbi said when he preached his sermon for the beginning of New Year. Let's touch on the climate. You've had also, um, was it Ida who clammed into the East Coast and caused a huge amount of uh, disruptions, death, a lot of destruction. And at one point I heard on one of the news bulletins that it was so strong, it was able to change the flow of the Mississippi River. It was quite a storm, wasn't it? Yeah, it was quite a storm. You know, this time of the year, uh, August, September, October, hurricane season on the East Coast, they just get battered. But each year it just seems like the intensity of these things is getting more and more intense and they're doing more and more um destroying more and more property you know very destructive and again you know on the west coast we have the wildfires and the heat and in the, in the southwest we have drought and heat down there um their food is um uh, crops are being destroyed um meat processing has been been slowed down and just um a couple of weeks ago we went to the supermarket and we picked up a couple of steaks and the next day went, went back and prices had jumped two, threefold because it's, the, the, it's, it's harder to get meat processed and getting meat deliveries now. And we're seeing that now outside of just not only meat, but other, other um, things that we need to, to, to live. It's just supply chains are breaking down in this country because of COVID and because of, 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 of the climate um, impacting um, Food, food distribution, um, mm-hmm. crops, meat, things like that. So it's it's, it, it's a very it's a very difficult situation. I mean, between, between severe heat, wildfires, bad air, hurricanes. I mean, you know, to, to, to say that the climate change is is a hoax is you know, well, you can't be from this planet if you can't see what's going on. And it's not just America. I mean, we we know it, that in, it's around the world. Europe, yep around the world so well let's turn then because in some senses this all comes together with something you heard and you were much moved by when you um your rabbi um spoke at the jewish new year which we're just into the the brand new jewish new year do you want to open up about that because i think the the sort of things that you're touching on there um are universal 
Yeah, well, you know, he talks about that there's no more, you know, what, what, what they're trying to do, well, actually the religious community in our area, now I'm not just talking about the Jewish population, we're talking about Christian and Catholic population as well. They're seeing um, membership declining, fewer people attending services, and just kind of people turning away, uh, more interfaith marriages. Um, it's, just, it's just like this, this, um, this, this wave of change has really impacted religion, it seems like, and, I'm, and I would assume that it's, it's there's similar trends around our country and that our, our little microcosm over here, our community is probably you know, symbolic of what's happening elsewhere. But for the first time now, our rabbi believes that we're losing our sense of community for individualism, individual rights, and people just being downright selfish and not having you know, we don't have each other's back anymore. And we've become <clears throat> a, a community of, of, uh, of, of me versus us. And it's very disturbing because, you know, he hears people, you know, when he asks people, you know, why did you leave or what's going on? They say, well, you know, it, it, it's become very political now. It's like, well, you're not pro-Israel enough or you're, you're not, you're too pro-Israel or you're not pro-Israel enough. Or we don't like your mask mandate, or you can't tell us that we have to be vaccinated to come to come to services or not. And those are things that are just not true. I mean, he's walked a very fine line not to take a political stand, but to follow follow the science and follow the guidelines of the state of California. And it's not like <clears throat> it's not like the congregation is telling people they have to wear masks. It's the state of California that's saying if you're going to congregate, you need to wear a mask inside, right? Or or you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna come and you're gonna gather in large crowds, we need you to show proof of vaccination. And it's not it's not them just making up those rules, but but that's how people feel, and so they're using it as an excuse to leave. And it's a shame because, you know, what what the what the various churches and, and temples in our area are trying to do is is our our temple now is trying to merge with another temple that's showing the same kind of trends. They want to they want to merge together with with some other in the area and create kind of a Jewish community center rather than just individual congregations, and 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 have one place that everybody can come to to worship at or to, or to get a, a Jewish education at or whatever. And it, it's hard because as much as they've been talking about you know, communities being having a sense of community and, and helping. You know, helping those in, in, in need and doing those kinds of things. People are putting their own personal um, feelings ahead of, of everything else. You know, and, and rather than doing the right thing in a pandemic by wearing a mask or getting a vaccine, you know, it's, they're, they're making an issue out of it being their individual rights. And, and parents are making more of an issue about kids wearing masks to school. But if you talk to the kids, they don't care. No. Kids have no problem with it. You know, they, my, my six-year-old grandson wears his mask as a badge of honor. You know, he doesn't care if he wears a mask or not. He wants to be in school with his friends. And if that's what he has to do, that's what he'll do. And, but it's, it's, it's almost like the parents are making this more of a, of a, of an, of a hotbed of issues than, than, the, than the kids are. And, and if you talk to high school students, you know, you get the same thing. The older kids feel the same way. They don't. It's it's a matter of course. They, they they wear their masks. They you know if they get their vaccine, they get their vaccine, and you know they want to they they want to. It's like the younger generation wants to be, you know, 
wants to do the right thing and, and end this pandemic and, and, and they have each other's back, yet it's the older adults in the population who are the ones that are, have, have you know, bought into the whole politicization of this thing and are making more issues out of this thing than they really should. And it's preventing, it's preventing us from really getting a handle on this. And it, it makes the job of you know, Joe Biden, for example, is trying to, to get our nation back on track. It makes it harder for him. And it, and, it, and, it, and it allows those who are looking for their own political gain to, to come in and criticize and kind of amp up, you know, all these, you know, you know all the people who, who, you know, don't, don't like him, they'll use it as an excuse yeah. not to get vaccinated or not to wear a mask. And I don't know, it's, you know, and it's, it does, it's, it's not just this country where that's it's happening. It's, it's, you've seen it globally. Too. I'm I going to say, it, this, is, this is something I'm sure a lot of people will be uh, saying, yep, that's like it where we are, because, of course, this program is listened to not just around and, 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 American and world. Like, you know, it's, it, right, it doesn't, it's doesn't universal. Common sense, right, doesn't common sense tell you, look, you have a pandemic. You know, put politics aside. Yeah. Do you want to get sick? Do you really want, you really want to have to face battling this, this, lung disease that could kill you. No. I mean, I, I look at it this way, you know, if, if I do it because I don't want to get sick myself, but I don't want to be the cause of somebody else getting sick. So yeah. wear the stupid mask, right? It, it's, it's something I make a game out of it. For me, if I'm wearing, you know, blue jeans and a blue shirt, I'll wear a blue mask. I'll color coordinate. So it's part of my outfit, right? <laughs> um, I keep different colors around. So if I, if I'm wearing a yellow shirt, I'll wear a yellow mask. I keep one in the car. I keep one in my pocket. I keep one around my neck, whatever. And, and I don't think it's second nature. It's not, Absolutely. I don't feel that it's an infringement on my individual or constitutional right. I mean, it's a, it's, it's come a on, there's so many other things that we, that we should really. be thankful for that we have constitutional rights about. You know, wearing a mask could be the least of our and, and you've now created in the listener's mind a wonderful image of you getting up in the morning thinking, right, how am I going to coordinate today? Oh, some polka dots, I think, just to cheer everybody up. And talking about cheering everybody up, we've got to keep an eye on the time. This is American Cousins, the new season, recorded around about 4, 4.20 now on uh, the 9th of uh, September. Uh, we must finish with a word or two about the the team that is the Dodgers how uh, are they lifting your spirits or are they making you furious and angry and depressed and anxious yes the answer to that is yes <laughs> all of it I mean they are you know it's 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 weird you, know, you can criticize them as much as you want but they have the second best record in all of baseball they've now played a hundred and uh 40 games there's 162 games in the season they are 88 and and I want to say 52. So 90 and 50 is 140, right? Yeah. Yep. And so, they, so they're 80 and 52. The number one team is the San Francisco Giants. They are 90, 50. So the Dodgers are two games behind the Giants to take the lead in the West. And if they don't end up overtaking the Giants in the next 22 games, we have to do what they call as a wild card play-in game. Ah, uh, yes. Yet you have a one game that you play two wild cards, play for the last spot in the playoff rotation. Right? So you have three divisions, but in order to have you know uh, playoffs, you need four teams. So you have three division winners and then two wild cards that play in for the fourth spot. Does that make sense? Yes, indeed. Yeah, following it. Okay. Right. Okay. So, so if you had if you had three soccer teams in England, right? Yeah. Three from three areas. You know, you would you would have two teams 
playing against each other, but because there's no fourth area, you have you pick the two, the next two teams with the best records, they play each other for the gotcha. first spot. Gotcha. So yeah. the Dodgers could have, you know, we'll have one of the, the best records outside of the division winners, and they'll play the next team after them with the best record for that fourth spot. Gotcha. It's yeah. a shame because the Dodgers are you know are probably 12 or 14 games better than the next team behind them. And their record is better than two of the division winners outside of the West. So the Central and the Eastern winners don't have as good a record as the Dodgers. But because the Dodgers are in the West and the Giants are in the West and the Giants are better than the Dodgers, uh, puts them in this weird position. The good thing is the Dodgers would play at Dodger Stadium, but the bad thing is it's they only got one shot. And um, they either make it or not. Oh, you know, and if they lost, it would be heartbreaking to have one of the best records and not be involved. It's going to be. Yeah, we're hoping they can overtake the Giants. They don't play each other head to head anymore, so it's a shame. So we'll have to see where it goes. We have 22 games for them. It's going to be. It's going to be tenterhooks the next couple of weeks. Uh, Bruce, it's been so good to have you back. Go on. I want to just say one thing. We can pick up on this next week too. They did a study and they show that eating hot dogs takes 36 minutes off your life. For every hot dog that you eat, lose 36 minutes of your life. And so I'm just thinking about all the Dodger dogs that no, I've eaten. Oh my I, God. I don't want to think about that. Not after you've been through such traumatic surgery and are doing so well. He, How was he taken? He was taken by his hot dogs. No, no, no. We're not going there. Bruce. For the moment, thank you very much indeed for coming back so strong and so powerful. It's been good to have you back on Siren Radio and on the podcast. And with any luck, fingers crossed, the bandage or the band-aid, as you call it, comes off very soon. And this time next week, you could be doing even more exercise that you haven't been able to do so far. So, Bruce K. Rosenblum, thank you so much indeed for being with us here on Siren Radio. You're so welcome, Andrew. Thank you. I hope everybody stays safe and healthy. We'll talk next week.